I'm Chad Kimple, and I'm mingling with the Mimosa Mamas. Hi! Welcome, Welcome back. back! You guys, we are so excited to have live in our studio Mr. Chad Kemple. We flew him in because he is the father of quintuplets. That's five babies, including two little girls, so seven total. Chad, we are so excited to have you here. Welcome! Welcome, Chad. Thank, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, we're so thankful that you made it out and joined us. How's your day going? I, I worked all day today, so it's nice to be here relaxing with you guys now. Hey, cheers to that. Yeah, cheers to that. Excited to have you here live with us. It's really special when a guest is live with us. So we want to just say thank you for coming to us and recording with us today. And in green and taking time out of your schedule because yes. We understand we're parents, but we're not parents of seven, and you have to find a balance, and we're just so grateful that you're here. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate you guys having me. Chad, you have been featured on so many major TV shows and you know, YouTube videos. You, you are just everywhere in the media these days, and as you should be because um, it's pretty amazing feat to have five children at once, so we just can't wait to get started and talk to you about how all that happened and that went into making that a reality for you guys. Yeah, it's it's still strange for us to be getting the attention for having kids because it's just strange. I mean, it's not, nothing we would ever uh, expect. So whenever opportunities present themselves, like being on a podcast, then we just have fun with it because, I mean, our life is already just out of the ordinary anyway. So when something else pops up and like, come s sit here and talk to us in, in California, and okay, let's do it, you know? <laughs> I mean, why not? I mean, like you said, your life is pretty much kind of what, what should we call it? It's just, it's amazing how you were just, it's spontaneous and... Yeah, I mean, you just have to be, you know, expected for anything yeah. at any time, yeah. right? With, with right. seven children under one roof. That's pretty much the... Uh, the theme in our house, just be ready for anything. Right. And um, we heard this was your very first podcast. It is. Oh my gosh. Well, cheers yeah. to that. Cheers again. We cheers for anything. <laughs> <laughs> cheers, cheers, cheers. We're just honored. We're just honored. We are. I yeah. mean, to be the very first yeah. podcast that you, you know, you get to discuss about your family. We feel very honored. Yeah. Here's the thing also is that there's a ton of listeners out there that have or are going to become parents of multiples. Mm -hmm. And when I read your article on Daily Mail, I looked over to Aaron and I said, we have to have him on. I mean, it just, it makes sense because we both are about, you know, bringing uh, parents together and building a community. And yes, we love to have our fun episodes, but we also like to have the serious topics. And I personally know somebody that is welcoming uh, three pretty soon. My husband's uh, family member. I told her, oh my gosh, maybe this is, Perfect. this is like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're like a parenting expert, even if you don't want to consider yourself <laughs> one, you know, because you've lived it and you've experienced it. And we're so excited for you to share all your to tips share. and tricks. And <laughs> well, congratulations to her. Oh, yes. I yeah. will let her know. Before we get started talking about the babies, I want to know, did both you and your wife, Amy, always want to have children? We did. We, we actually talked about it on our first date back in 2001. We talked about uh, how, like, what, what would your ideal situation be in the future when you get married? Not that necessarily we're going to decide we're going to marry each other on the first date, but we, we discussed that thing just to see, like, are we compatible? Do we have a second date or whatever? Just so we laid everything out. And um, even back then, we both agreed we'd have three to four kids and that we would prefer one parent to stay home. And, you know, I enjoyed school. So it was kind of, I was probably going to go the working route. And she's like, you know, who wouldn't say, I don't mind being a stay-at-home mom. So she went that route. And uh, so that worked out. And then we just dated and had fun. We didn't know what was in store for us. And we could have never predicted this, where we are now. How I mean, could you? Yeah, I know. How could you? And How could anyone? And we, yeah. we, we read how you and Amy met. Tell us about your meet-cute. <laughs> so we, uh, I was working at the grocery store, um, and her and her 
mom and sometimes dad. They just came shopping in there. And uh, we were both seeing other people, but we caught each other's eye. She came in more often. And then we kind of both had breakups around the same time. And it worked out that we we started dating on uh, New Year's Eve. And then became official on January 13th, a short while after that. And then uh, just been together ever since. Okay, I'm impressed that he knows the actual date. That is impressive. I agree. (laughs) So (laughs) I point that out. I try to think ahead about these things. So we started dating on the 13th. So then I proposed on January 13th. And then we got married on that day too. Oh Just my one date. I don't have to remember anything else. So, <laughs> so smart. Okay, that's genius. There is a method yeah. to his madness. <laughs> so guys out there that are thinking about proposing to your gal, do it on the anniversary. Take notes. Take yeah. notes. Great tip. Save yourself some trouble <laughs> in, in the future. So when you first decided to get pregnant, how did that go? It didn't go well. Um, we tried. So we first, we try to think things through, and so we first we're like, all right, we're gonna have kids now. She had a Mustang with racing stripes. We're like, all right, we're gonna need to trade that in. So we got the family station wagon type vehicle. It's a crossover. Bought that car, and we're like, you know, we're not ready to have kids. We can't afford it. We don't have the house that we hoped that we would have, and all that. But we said, it's not getting any better and we're not getting any younger. So let's just start. So we started trying and thinking, you know, you try not to get pregnant for so long. And then all of a sudden we're like, all right, now let's try to get pregnant. And then we weren't. And, you know, and the first year goes by and then second year we're not getting pregnant. I mean, that's it's fun trying to get pregnant until it becomes a job and you're looking at calendars and, you know, doing stuff other than having fun and uh so then eventually we um reached out to doctors and said can we both get checked out just see if everything's working right and that there's nothing going on and so uh so we did that she did all her tests everything looked good um they didn't have me do my test yet um till we actually went to the um, fertility clinic later and then what they found out was it it looks like Although her body goes through the motions each month, uh, she doesn't actually release an egg. She just sheds the lining, has her period, and you think everything's working normal, but there's there's most likely there wasn't an egg in there. Um, we started, the, the first, the cheaper route to go is intrauterine insemination, IUI. So people will, unless they, they know that there's some other more specific issue, they'll go the IUI route first. And depending on your insurance, you know, you can get that done. Um, my insurance paid 50%, so it ends up costing four or 500 bucks for an IUI, which is not bad at all to have a human being uh, grown inside your body. So, not at all. <laughs> so pretty basic. And so that, that, that started the infertility process. And that first IUI you did, we did, um, the first IUI we did, Boom, pregnant with twins. Actually, sorry, before that, we had, we had one, they call it a... Um, Ectopic? It, that's where it's, it's in the... No, it was uh, where it never actually implants. It just keeps on rolling down. Blighted ovum. Um, so it ended, they think that's what happened. So we were, of course, we had the excitement for a day or two. We're like, oh my God, two years, here we are. And then they, we came in for the two days later for the... The follow-up test to make sure we're doubling and um you know it didn't take and so the sadness started and 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 then we did the iui and then about how long after that uh, soon like the following month because i think it was already we were already in the process with the infertility doctor Mm -hmm. and that's what i think we call him a fertility doctor he brings (laughs) fertility to it can you let us know what an iui entails for the ones that are listening that don't know what entails an IUI. Speaking about this stuff, this is just from, we were in the game for a long time in this infertility game. So we, I learned a lot of language. I'm in no way a medical professional and I'm, I might get things wrong, but so IUI, I think there's different things that could happen, but I think typical, the, the actual procedure is inter intrauterine, like you're injecting semen. So I give a sample in a cup, they take the semen in a, uh, I think they call it a catheter or a turkey baster, turkey baster. <laughs> and then it just go back, 
the the cleaned sperm without the the seminal fluid uh, is injected into the uterus, and that way it can meet up with the egg in a, in a good spot and have a better chance of uh, fertilizing and then implanting itself. Where the IVF they actually is more invasive, they go in and actually remove the um, eggs from the ovaries, take them out and, and put them in the petri dish with the, the semen. They take the ones that are actually fertilized and then reimplant those back and then they store. They usually, as to not be too invasive, they scoop out a bunch of eggs at the same time and then people freeze it. And uh, if they decide to have more kids, then they, they take that out later. Okay. I learned a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. It's really good information because I think people just think IVF is an option, but clearly there's actually more affordable option than IUI. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that it, with us. And even more affordable than the IUI is, the, is timed intercourse with a medication because typically there's... With the IUI, there's a um, medication taken also to make sure that the you're ovulating and you're con- kind of right. controlling the ovulation so you can get the timing and everything down. Mm-hmm. So take the medication. They monitor the ovaries to make sure there's uh, eggs mature. And then they give you what they call the trigger shot to make you release the egg. And then 36 hours later, we did, the, we did this like 20 times. That's why I just... So, what a stressful... thing to go through as a couple and how many years in of marriage was this so we were what are we at now we're at 12 now and we were um five years in i think okay yeah yeah that's stressful like we can't imagine i also um want to make sure we let our listeners know um, on average, a woman under 35 will have a 10 to 20% chance of pregnancy with each IUI, while a woman over 40 will have a 2 to 5% chance. The peak IUI effects is around three to four cycles. So just throwing that out there in case anybody... Good info. Yeah, anybody mm-hmm. wanted to know. Yeah. Again, I can't even imagine the whole uh, process and it's... Uh, I mean, for me, it's somewhat, you know, relatable because as the listeners know, I've suffered with uh, two miscarriages and um, my husband and I have thought about or thought about going through the process of um, having IVF and uh, we did all the research. I even looked into um, holistic ways to be because my issue was not being able to Hold the baby I could get pregnant but it was just keeping the baby and uh, yeah this is a tough topic for me yeah, to talk about sorry I know yeah it's don't be sorry it's really hard but I I'm mean, sorry you I had to go you, through that oh thank you I give you guys uh, a lot of big hugs and um, I I can't imagine you know just the whole process and the in the stress that it puts on the marriage and and then you get constantly asked by friends and family when are you guys going to have a baby? When are, and is it someone's business for you to tell them the, the whole journey that you're going through? I don't know. You know, it's you it's to, for you to repeat yourself over and over and over. Like we're having a tough time. Do you even really need to know my business? You know, it takes a lot on you, even the dad and the mom, you know, to be answering that question of uh, or why you're not bringing a baby into the world. So take us back to the IUI, the first one. And you said that she got pregnant. Yeah, so after all, you know, at the time we thought it was a lot. We thought two years that we've been trying. And then we have the miscarriage and then we get pregnant and we're like, oh my gosh, all this time and now we're getting two for one here. It's just incredible. And so she's pregnant with the twins and we're just, we're just so happy and, and just loving life. And it just, going from that low, low of like, we're never going to have kids. We're not going to get pregnant. We get pregnant. We we lose, have the miscarriage right at the beginning. And then, you know, it, Amy's just like, it's, it's never going to happen. And then we get pregnant. And then we're just so happy. We bought two cribs. <laughs> and um, we buy the two cribs. Um, and, you know, start to pick out the first clothes. It's It was two boys. And uh, create the birth announcements and uh, mail those out. 
and just tell everyone because everyone knew we were trying because everyone was waiting after we're married. Like, when are they going to have kids? Because that's what everybody asks after you get married. And then uh, they keep asking. And then, and then we tell everybody. And then everyone's so excited and mailing us cards. And, and then, uh, you know, the, the birth announcement's sad, too, to look at. Because we did the thing where you have your feet there and then the empty shoes. Um, so to have that now... And the fact that we did it that way to announce it and that they're never filled. Um, we are so sorry you had to go through that. Um, how far along was Amy when she lost the twins? So she was 22 weeks and three days. Oh, and they were, um, she was at work one day and she, I was teaching at the time at San Jose State. And I just started class, and she was calling on the phone. And then I looked up at the students, and I, and I, you know, announced this, you know, a week or two before that she was pregnant with the twins. And I saw her on the phone, and I was like, "Oh shit!" I, I could say that right. I heard you guys. Oh, yeah. You guys are. We're unfiltered. <laughs> and because I, I just knew, I just knew something. She knew that I was about to start class, and she wouldn't do that. And um, I said, "I got to take this." And I ran outside, and, and she said, "I think I'm losing the babies." And um, so it, it was a, a situation in class. I just handed out iPads to forty kids or forty students, and I said, "Put all the iPads back." And I was in the two buildings over and I, and I threw them in there and I drove from San Jose to, and I told, I got, I told Amy, I said, just go to the nearest hospital. It doesn't matter if it's ours or not. Just go in there and tell them to save the babies. And, uh, so I hopped in the car and drove illegally home in the traffic, in the Bay area traffic and they're not home to, to the hospital. I went in there and, and the doctors, like they said, she's, uh, I think two centimeters dilated, and they're they're going to come today. Um, and we said we've we were you know when when you go through losses, you kind of join this club, and you learn things that you wouldn't otherwise know. And um, and so we knew there were things, and I said, stitch her up, close it up. Does, you know, does, is the water broken? No. Okay, stitch her up. Invert the bed. Like, we just, we knew that there were things. We'd seen these things on shows and things. And he said, those things, there's no evidence that those things work. And I said, can you say that they don't? And he's like, there's no evidence that they do. And I said, then put her up on her head or whatever. Save the babies. And uh, it... You know, looking back now, I hate to even think about it because it just makes me angry at this point. It's something I should let go now, but I just can't for for the kids. Um, so, you know, I think it was about two, three hours later, her water broke. And uh, so at that point, we, we knew the first one was coming and, and we said that the first one that comes out will be Marshall. And so Marshall, Marshall was born alive, and we held him until he passed away. And they, they don't do anything, not not at this place. Um, so we held him for about an hour as he just lay there in our hands, and um, and it was obviously the hardest thing that we've ever done to date. And um, if people. I don't want to get too too far in this, but but people were um, upset at us for trying the things that we were doing to try and save the quintuplets. But if you were to hear where we started with this, then you would see what we're doing here because we were in that situation where more could have been done and it wasn't, and so we were. It was a different facility, but we knew and and. You know, after that, we we researched a lot more, especially when we found Amy was pregnant with quintuplets, about how are we going to save these kids, especially if if um, somebody's telling us that they can't. 
So Marshall was born, and um, and we helped just tell them. And so something that we just think is special is just to say that they were held, um, held their whole lives, um, and uh, then so of course the hard thing is that now you need to prepare yourself because you're going to do it again in an hour or two or whatever. And it's the fact that it just, it just makes me so upset to even think about it because knowing now that, that even if, if the water breaks, babies can stay in the uterus for weeks, mm-hmm. months. And there's another family, the, uh, the Scott family, Skyler and Jamie Scott, amazing couple, they had quintuplets a month after ours. The water broke on one of their babies, and a normal doctor would have delivered all the babies at that point for the safety of the mom and the, and the other other babies would likely come too. And that the sack resealed itself, and they carried to I think they were at thirty thirty one weeks. Oh my! God. It, it and it that that sack broke at it ruptured. I think they call it at um, I think it was in it was in the mid twenties somewhere. Wow. It may, you got if you don't know that story look look those guys up that's it's a pretty incredible we will story link, we'll link that story in the yeah. show notes it's so it just it's just so frustrating because so they should have done something from the beginning um, and there's also I think it's pitocin stops contractions mm-hmm. there was no pitocin what are you what are you doing I would get online and and, and blow that guy up you know, this with words is in the Bay Area. It is okay. Yeah. I know we're not gonna say names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I, but it's I don't want negativity surrounding Marshall. So yeah. and Spencer yeah. was our second, was our other son that was born a couple hours later, and then we held him until he passed away, and then now we visit them over in the cemetery in Hayward. So we have a a, a place for them there. A lot of my relatives are over in that in that area. So, you know, if you can imagine after the, the blighted ovum, we're also at other extremes, right? Like this is half full to me right now and it's half empty to Amy. I'm whole. So she's like, we're never going to have kids. And I'm like, yes, we are. You got pregnant and you got to 22 weeks and she was diagnosed with uh, cervical incompetence is what the issue was. And the, we, we knew as soon as we left that place that day, actually, we, we were looking this up while we were in there. A, a cervical cerclage, which is just basically a string around the, the uterus, stitching it closed, is very successful in keeping someone pregnant who's got a cervical incompetence issue. And we knew that. So I was like, all right, IUI worked. We got pregnant. You carried to at least then, which is a typical time when people will... Um, have the issue if, if they have cervical incompetence but a stitch at around 11 or 12 weeks you know is very successful in, in keeping women pregnant and then there's other things you know modified bed rest and stuff like that that later on can can help you so I'm like we are too gonna have kids it's just mm-hmm. got pregnant again another miscarriage and then in I usually don't cry about those miscarriages, but but when I think about them, it's like we don't talk about. Um, you guys, I'm going to going deep here tonight. <laughs> we are so. It's okay. This is it's this is free therapy, so this is. That's good. right. <laughs> uh, I'll take that mimosa. Where's that at? I know. Um, <laughs> Get in the <laughs> so, oh my gosh. okay. So finally in October of 2014, Savannah was born a week before a due date. And we were, I mean, that pregnancy was so scary because we still had not had, don't have any living children in the house. So like that whole time there was, there was a issue during the pregnancy where she was bleeding and we're like, okay, here we go again. Went to the hospital, and it ended up, it was um, possibly just like the uh, connection, what are we, placenta, might not, like, I forget what the word is for that, but there was just some something there. Does it, it's where it separates? 
it, it was a possible uh-huh. that, that it was separating or okay. the, just a, like a placenta privia or something like yeah, that. I think that yeah, I think that's what it, okay. what it what it might have been. I don't think it actually was, but they said we don't know what it was, but mm-hmm. something. But don't worry, like everything looks good. And of course, we're thinking, nope, here we go again. But mm-hmm. that was you know mid pregnancy somewhere. So then Savannah's born, very large baby. I forget what she was, eight pounds something, and you know she cried and it was just just intense it, it's hard at that point because every after everything you've gone through you don't you, it's not like just getting pregnant and then you have a baby and then you have life it's like we've been through all of this and then you have this baby it's like all right now you have to be happy like we're here and it's hard to and we were so we were thrilled and everything, but it just something just you know, we were missing at least two, if not the, the third. Um, were you also nervous that something would happen to Savannah? I think that because of the losses early on, that we started our parenting uh, with more anxiety than somebody else. Because okay, now they're here. Now is she going to keep breathing tonight? We brought her back to the hospital the first night and said. She sounds like she's breathing a little difficult. And they said, go home and get some sleep. Your new parents, you know, go back home. This is kind of goes with um, with loss, right? Like, when can I be happy again? Yeah. Right? And when can we, we went through through that. Like, and we, but we, from the beginning, like, we, we, we talk about everything. Like, we've always talked about feelings. We just talk about all of it. And, you know, shortly after, after Marshall and Spencer were born I think a week or two later we went to a wedding because we thought did we go to the wedding or not but we went and I said let's dance and have a good time mm-hmm. and, she and she agreed and she agreed when I look back at the photos from that wedding I'm like I'm so glad we did that mm-hmm. because I we don't want to we we did grieve and we still grieve but we also know that we, small babies but if they were grown adults they would say are you kidding me go to the wedding and have a good time they're not going to say sit here there's a poem that's something about that like i'm up in heaven you know don't worry about me mm-hmm. go, you know continue living your life mm-hmm. that's so beautiful and that's a really good thing to keep in mind i mean you're absolutely right you know that you're still honoring their their lives you know by enjoying each other and I mean, if you allowed it to like tear you two apart, I mean, how many times do people divorce because of the loss of a child? So I applaud you guys for staying together right. and you guys are solid. Well, okay. we, no, we're, <laughs> we're good, but we, we went to another therapy session on Saturday and we, this is our, back in California, we went through three, like not, not like we're not in there all the time, but like we, from the very beginning of marriage, we're like, we don't want this just to be us doing the best we can each day and living life. Like, we want an excellent marriage. So from the very beginning, when we have little issues and we're like, we're not resolving this. And, you know, my background is in psychology. I'm like, well, let's go talk to a therapist because we're not getting it. Maybe someone else can help us out. So from, from early on in our marriage, we went and, if not friends and family, then we go seek professional help people who are trained to do this stuff so we are solid and we have each other's back and we're in it forever and but there's always going to be work to do and it can always be better and so we're we're always going to work on that and we're not going to ever shy away from saying that we don't go to therapy like i, I tell everybody that asks or listens like yeah we go to, you should go to therapy <laughs> I, you definitely this other couple should definitely go to therapy like why aren't you guys going don't you want to be better so I love that. Mm-hmm. Thank you for saying that. Oh, Don't yeah. you want to be better? Yeah. Right. That's profound. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Especially, again, I can relate because of the loss that my husband and I both had. It, it could either crumble you or bring you closer together as, as a, a couple. And it's hard when one person is in for the therapy and the other one isn't. So... I mean, I applaud you both for meeting each other in the middle and saying, you know what, we're gonna, we're gonna fight for this. And relationships are not easy. I mean, regardless if you have kids or not, I mean, they take work. 
And for those of you who say it's easy, I mean, give us your secrets or I don't know, kudos to you guys. But I agree with you. Therapy is 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 the source to 100% agree. Right? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I'm blessed to have a very happy marriage. We've been married for eight years and he's my best friend. And you know, we have a solid foundation when, um, from the beginning, but yeah, I mean, we definitely have our issues and therapy's huge. It plays a huge role. You know, I go separately, he goes separately, but if we ever felt like you said you couldn't, you know, figure out a, a, how to resolve a conflict, then we would completely go to a couple's therapy. So thank you for bringing that yeah. up. I'd love to talk about Avery. Tell us all about her. <laughs> Avery is a little animal. She's intense. Um, so she's technically the middle child. That's how we think of her because we have Savannah and then Avery. And then the Quints are kind of like this juggernaut <laughs> super child that's all in one. So Avery's kind of in the middle there. Um, and, and she, I'm my middle child also. And we require a certain level of attention that we don't typically get. Um, so that's her. And anything about a middle child, that's Avery. And uh, But she, there's good, she's intense. Like she'll get right up in there and she doesn't care how big Savannah is compared to her or whatever. She's, you know, she'll go toe to toe with her. Um, so she was born uh, about a year and a half, two years after Savannah in 2016. Savannah's 2014, Avery's 2016. Between Savannah and Avery, we did six IUIs trying to get pregnant. At the time, I had uh, I had two jobs and I had dual coverage, so they were free, thankfully. Ooh. Three of costs. I think we paid like a $5 copay or something, no something like that. I don't know if that. And so that was amazing. And what a blessing. Yeah. For sure. We were very fortunate during that time to to be doing that. Um, but, it, but nonetheless, I mean, each time you do it and you think you're getting pregnant, you, you go in, you're preparing yourselves, get the negative test. I don't want to do another one. You know, Amy's very, is very difficult for her. And then, and then, you know, after a week or so, she's like, okay, let's just keep going and have, because we were trying to have the kids close together. So we, we finally got pregnant and then Avery was born in, in 2016. And then it's like, all right, now, now we have these kids and it's, and Two kid people always come to us now with all these kids and like, oh my gosh, I have two. I don't know how you guys do it, right? Like, <laughs> you guys are saying one or two, and you're like, I don't know how you're doing it. And we're like, it doesn't. One kid is intense. Like you're not sleeping. You're trying to produce food with your body. Every just everything. Like, so anyone that says that, like, I know what one kid is like. That's it's hard. It's really hard. And then I know what two kids is like because there's competition. So I, both of those. And that's why at the end of the two, we're like, we, we're like, all right, let's sit down for a second. All right. I don't think we're going to have four kids now. That's not going to happen. Uh, so let's, I'm, you know, three and four. Um, so we're like, do we have a third? Because, but we don't, we're not surviving two very well right now. And we're like, well, she was more on the side of, uh, I'm, I think I'm done. It was, she, she's probably like 90%. I don't want to have any more because she, and rightfully so she's the one with them, taking care of them at home. And I have a, with my commute, I had a 13 hour break every day where I'm leaving the house in this peaceful car. So, you know, and, but I was like on the other end of the, the fence and I'm like, 90% I want the other one and I know it's hard but only 10% of me is like no nah. and so I was like well if we're going to do this you know time's going on we should do it now because we wanted the three close and just get all that hard stuff out of the way while we're still a little bit young I'm 37 now but we're like let's if okay and so she's like it, it was a long talk and we it's we still talk about it because that was me urging for the third child that she was not so sure about. And then, you know, you know what happened. We ended up getting pregnant. So another loss actually before, um, before the quince. And, and then we still tried for one more and we go in there and, uh, they do the 
We do the IUI. They go back. We go back home. They do do the blood work to see if she's pregnant, and the HCG levels were through the roof. And we we had a lot of comparisons from the miscarriages. We had the doubles with the twins, and we remember what that level was. It was like four times what the twins was, whatever that was. It was just way up there. So we like started looking up what we could on the internet, and there's this chart that says. Singleton HCG normal levels, twins is this, you know, there's a 90% chance you're gonna have twins if you have this level, and then triplets, and then four or more if you have this. And we were at the high end of the four, oh four or more. God. And we're like, no, it better not be. <laughs> because I wanted one more, I, did, I was not, four was not in the plan, four additional children was not in the plan. Yeah. And so, uh, I went with, I flew to, to Zion and I hiked a, a mountain that weekend with my brother. <laughs> and we were talking, and I was like, if I go home and I have four kids, four more kids, Stephen, I don't, that my brother's name is Stephen. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I think there's some, I got to find the video from up on that mountain. Um, but we were just, just laughing, like thinking there's, but there's no way that's impossible. That's crazy. And then I think we, when we came home, we went in for that first ultrasound. Oh, actually, there was a second blood work while I was gone. And it had doubled, and it was still up there. But the doctors go, no, those, you can't go by those numbers. They don't really predict too much. I'm like, yeah, but statistics-wise, there's percentages and averages. I know how that works. And, um, and you're a statistics professor, so, at <laughs> this time, right? <laughs> it, I, yeah, so I... Uh, it's lecturer. I, I wouldn't. So professors like a, like a title. If you're actually, in, I don't know. I try and correct it because I feel awkward to be called professor. Aww. I was lecturing at the university. Okay. But I told my students. But I told you once. So if you call me professor now, then I'm just gonna accept it. <laughs> so we get home from from Zion. Amy and I go to the first ultrasound. They put the wand on Amy's uterus, and it's like the Fourth of July, just flickering in there. There's just heartbeats everywhere. And right away we look at each other and I, I can't do any, I can't smile out of laugh, you know, out of humor or any, I have to look at Amy and be like, how am I supposed to respond in this situation right now? Based on her response, you know, and, and it's just fear in her eyes. I was about to ask, what's yeah. her response? It's, it's fear. And, um, and he goes, okay, baby, e's, baby A's heartbeat is this. And baby B, and each time she's doing, we're holding, I'm holding her hand, and I'm looking at her at each, with each baby, and it starts with a smile, and then it's like the smile goes to like neutral, and then it just starts to go the other way, where it's it's cry tears, and and sadness and crying, and he locates three and four, and and she's just you know, not hysterical yet crying, but like she's crying. Because we're thinking of Marshall and Spencer, and if her body's not going to hold to, then then what is it going to do with three and four? And and we knew the other complications that go along with multiples. And he goes, oh, oh hold on a second, let me recount this again. And he goes back in, and he counts five heartbeats, all strong, just normal size measurements on the the fetuses at that point, and. We're just, we're just like, it's just numb and quiet in there. Like, what do we do? And he goes, let me go get my colleagues to go confirm this. And he goes, just, you know, yeah. So he gets his colleagues, his colleagues come in. Everyone's looking at, there's, there's like, sure they're all excited. Well, no, they're like, oh, what? Oh, like, I think they're also like, oh my gosh, what, what's happened, what happened here? Because it's not. It, common. It's not common. It, no. And we're like, how many have you guys seen before? And they said we had quadruplets ten years ago from out of this this clinic. And um, side story, strange story, but one of those the quadruplet mom, her name's Natalie, is one of the godparents of one of our our parents. Oh, oh my god! Yeah. She reached out to us in this this whole thing, and her and Amy are, are close friends now. So she's. Oh my god! I love that. Community. So, it's all about community. It, she was. Uh, she took us under her wing and brought us into this crazy multiples community <laughs> of like other people that have gone through the same madness as we're we're in right now. <laughs> so, 
So, all right, so we're in there, and then the doctors confirm it, but then they say, all right, you guys, I know this is intense, but let, let us just say that people get pregnant with multiples, but so much has to go right for this, you know, to, mm-hmm. to end well. And, you know, one of the things that, that, these were amazing doctors at this fertility clinic over in Fremont. Um, but just from a medical standpoint, they were explaining to us that when you have that many, in order to increase your chances of having any viable babies in there, they they put it on the table that you can selectively reduce, basically mm. abort some of the the fetuses, which is, it's like, what the hell are we, what is going on in this room right now? Like we go in there, we know that we're pregnant, thinking that there's probably multiples, then they're there and then we're in we're sadness because we're like we're not going to be able to keep these because there's yeah. just so many and then it's like now there's on the table that this is medically textbook this is the way that you should in the textbook i really these were amazing doctors because we also we were talking about religion in there and stuff and and they were saying like it's a miracle it's a miracle yeah. and you got to you got to think about all of this and like we just left there like we're like walking out and we're like like what what is what do we do now like what now what what's tomorrow going to be like we actually so we went into the parking lot and we're like put it on the camera so we just we started recording ourselves and we're like we just found out that Amy's pregnant with five babies and we're like what <laughs> and we had uh we had Savannah and Avery with us that day oh you did oh my gosh and uh yeah, so then we we recorded that and we, we started, we recorded and kind of did some self-interviewing and stuff from kind of from that day forward here and there. And so we, looking back, we were just doing that recently, looking back at all this stuff and it's just, like, we still can't believe, like, and we don't, we haven't gone back and watched all those things until recently and still there's, we haven't seen it all, but we go and walk and watch them we're like, oh my, can you believe those people that just went through that? And it's us, but we're like, <laughs> we're we're in, are still in such a haze because we don't sleep and all this stuff now that we still can't have any, can't even process all this stuff that happened even two years ago. Right. Well, so. you bring up religion, and for me as a religious person, I feel like it's just God Himself. I'm going to say it, <laughs> giving you that gift because again, so try to say this without crying. That's what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. You and Amy lost your babies. All your babies, they all need to be accounted for because a miscarriage, I know people see things differently, but this is someone I can honestly say because I've gone through it. um, It's a baby, regardless if you lost your baby at two weeks of finding out, no matter what, it's your baby. So I can't imagine how you guys felt because what a blessing i mean i feel like that's god giving you his god wink and saying well here you go <laughs> yeah so, so somebody brought up recently and, I, and it kind of made me pause for a second as they said if you think about it you have as many kids now as you lost mm-hmm. and so they like oh that's so beautiful you, yeah I, I don't think of it as those are those are them but just thinking about you know, we went through these losses and there's, we grieved each one of those, like you're saying. And then, you know, we had six if the twins and then four miscarriages that we know of. Um, and one of those might've been a, a twin also. Um, and then now we have seven and it's like, oh, they, this was just a, a few weeks ago. And I was like, you know, I feel like it's one of those things you keep seeing on their net, mind blown. It's like, <laughs> whoa, that's that's crazy. Yeah. And and just and it also brings back sadness too, because it's like we have these seven kids in here, and there's also seven that we don't. Anyway. It's like a double-edged sword, you know. Like it's only people, and I hate saying this because I don't mean to make others feel bad, but if you've been through it. You get it. And like you said, it's a community. You know, we yeah. form a community. We form a bond uh, with parents, individuals who have lost babies, even at stillbirth or 
you know, exactly what you and Amy went through as well. I mean, there's different ways of it, and um, I don't know. I'm it's sorry. All lost. I'm you lost at words. Bond over the loss, you know. Mm. I'm curious, how did uh, Savannah and Avery react to knowing they may have five siblings? I mean, <laughs> and they I were mean, how old at the time? Um, Savannah was, she was two okay. when we found out. And then she sh- turned three shortly after because she was three when they were born. Avery was one when they were born, and then, and then the the Quints. A- Avery I, was too small to understand yeah. what was going on. She just mom's belly was getting bigger, <laughs> you know, at that be- at the beginning. But Savannah was as excited as, as she is now to tell everybody that she has five babies because she knows that the the attention that comes from it. It's hard for us to go places with all the kids. We still do, you know, every. Every few days, we're out with everybody, and um, it's hard to go to Walmart and get in and buy a few things and then come back out. We we go bring the kids anyway because we got to get out of the house. We just can't. We're gonna go nuts if we stay in there. So we try and do anything, even shopping. But it's hard because then when we go in there, like our stroller just attracts attention. It's like, what is that? And are you guys running a daycare? Everybody asks if we're running a daycare, and then all the questions start because. Right away, it's like, did you guys do in vitro? Thinking that we implanted the, the five. And we you know, we say no, but then it's like, it just opens up. We should just say, yep, got to yeah, go. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, next time they say, is this a daycare? Say yes. Yep, yes it is. Yes it is. It's called Happy Children. <laughs> yeah. Keep it moving. <laughs> that would be easier. Um, so even, but when we, because she sees that, then when they're not there and we go, like I'm like, Savannah, let's go get a hot chocolate at Starbucks. I'll have two hot chocolates. We have five babies. Oh my and they're like, cute. what do you mean? And I'm like, oh. so I'm like, there they are. And I just, I hold up my phone and show them the photo. And then, then the, but then even that, then the questions start. For parents expecting multiples, give them some advice on how to prepare. F- for the pregnancy mm-hmm. or the? Just every, like just what it entails. Before the delivery, yeah, it's it's difficult because I don't, especially if it's somebody's first pregnancy. I hate to take anything away from the excitement that people have because, so once you have multiples like we have now, you get you, it's like this underground club, kind of like the the pregnancy loss club, is that nobody talks about it until you're a part of it, and then you get sucked in and like. You're with us now, and we're in there, a place that nobody wants to be, and nobody, nobody, well, no sane person would run towards the multiples group and say, "Let me join," <laughs> like, not the, not the, not beyond twins. I see where people are like, twins are cool, and that sounds like an easy way to bang out two kids real quick, but you know, anything beyond that is is actually pretty risky. So I, I would never. People that come up to us and say, oh my gosh, I want triplets so bad. I'm like, what? I mean, just because it's a cute baby? Because do you understand what else is, like, even get there? Anyway, I'm going sidetracking. Um, I get so amped up about this stuff because we get a lot of these questions and people saying these kinds of things. Having these kids, like, we become the face of these couple, a couple different things. The multiples group, but then all of our articles always talk about the losses. So now we're this this representative for the lost community, which we do embrace that because we have gone through so much. And um, there's this movie called Return to Zero. Um, this was coming out right around the time we lost the, the twins. Um, and so we actually got their names in the credits. Um, by They had a, some kind of a fundraiser thing. And so we're like, they had already finished it all up. The The campaign was gone and I contacted them. I was like, I would love to honor them in that way. And they're like, oh yeah, we're still taking taking names in there. So Marshall and Spencer Kempel, their, their names are, they roll in the credit. And we actually got to go to one of the premieres they had at a film festival over in San Jose. What's and the movie about? It's about a loss. It's about a, a stillborn baby. It's, it's so sad. Okay. And yeah, I don't know if I would, uh, but it's it's therapeutic and, and we've, I was gonna say it, it's probably incredibly cathartic. Yeah, and, and we've we so we've we've given copies to people and I have an extra copy of it. Oh, you're if, so sweet. 
mean, yeah. You watch it. You but oh. Well, it's tough, but but it's the same thing as all of this. When when the story has already continued, is that you see how this couple deals with this loss of this this baby that was. It, it, so Mini Driver is the the mom in in the thing. I forget the um, the the guy was in uh, Prison Break. I'll look it up I forget right his now. I forget his name, but I'm on it here. But he was Kellerman in Prison Break. <laughs> And I was like, Kellerman's in this this thing, <laughs> and uh, so it, it's a really good movie. And um, we'll watch it together, Erica. Yeah. Look at her, look at that look she's giving me. You didn't even want to watch um, Beautiful Boy with me. Oh my God, I cried my eyes See? out on a plane, no less. So I will not watch that movie on Beautiful a plane. Beautiful Boy was, but I'll watch it in the comfort of my own it was home. Amazing. That was this past year, right? That came out. Oh yeah. yeah. That was hard. Paul Adelstein? Adelst- yeah. Okay. yeah, Paul Adelstein. It's a rough one. It's because what they really tried to do, and I, I've, I was following this so intensely, and we got to meet the director and producer guy and everything, oh. and his wife. And, and <sighs> it was actually, it's their story. Oh, my God. And the producer's story and, and his wife? And his wife. So she's a, a really... She created all of these I'm awesome sure. orga- this organization. We're, we're eating, by the way, we're eating all of his uh, stuffed or filled Airheads. So, so shout out to Airheads. They're so good. Amazing. Um, they're stuffed Airheads? They're stuffed. They have goodness So inside. Chad ripped open the bag <laughs> so he could share with us. <laughs> On this podcast, we eat candy and yes, apparently our guests bring it... Hey, if anyone wants to be a guest on oh, our show, you have candy. to bring us candy. Yep. We provide the mimosa. Chad just, you provide he, the candy. he made it. Yes. Yeah. He took it to another level. He did. Thank you, Chad. Sorry, I totally set interrupted the, you. Setting the bar high here. <laughs> okay. So it's the story about the producer and the and director? His, and her wife and his wife. And his producer, director. He, they kind of, he, they put everything on the line in their lives, like financially, to create this movie. And, um, we have to watch it. It's it's okay. really good. Okay. So, I'd say get ready for an intense journey if you find out you're pregnant with multiples. And even if it's, I hate to say only twins because that's anything more than one is intense also. But, but even with twins, given our story, I would say do your research now and find out like what you need to do Absolutely. to take extra precautions because... It is still a high-risk pregnancy, not as high as triplets and, and beyond, but, you know, so do your homework. And if it's triplets or more, like, you really got to be doing your homework on this stuff. Like, there are a lot of things that can go wrong. And it, there are things out of your control, mostly, but there are things you can do to increase your odds some, which is, you know, find a specialist and make sure that somebody's monitoring your cervix all the time because it can shorten really quick like it did with our twins so make sure that someone's checking that I would say weekly I'm not a medical professional but we were getting bi-weekly and wow. there was a loss in between that often okay interesting yeah especially triplets and more um, the twins it's going to take they don't monitor closely until there is a loss like we had mm-hmm. so you need to go through that in order for that unless you have a, a doctor who is just on it and it's like, uh, you were whatever centimeters last week, and now you're this, so we gotta. I get so wrapped up in this because I don't want people to go through what we did when things are preventable. And that's what we want, and that's why we invited that's why you we on. Have you here yeah. sharing this really yeah. important I, story. And it's strange to be here without Amy because she's yeah, the one who did all this. I'm kind of just narrating her life. It's our life, but she physically went through this stuff, and, and so. But again, I can't say this enough i feel like yes aaron and i have been blessed we've interviewed many moms and we just started mingling with the dads and so i think it was meant to happen this way not that i want to take any credit away from amy not at all girl we have you too we're sending you hugs your way but bowing down right actually yeah yeah, we are bowing down to you but this is this is a good thing because there is men that listen to podcasts and they want to hear what their wife is going through even if she did go through a miscarriage or several miscarriages and they're thinking about doing what you and amy 
you know, what you guys did. So, I mean, this is great. Okay. Very helpful. And please give us details. It's fine. <laughs> so, uh, th- with going back to the multiple, what would I tell the multiples? So, prepare for a crazy journey. And, you know, do, do your research about the things that you can do to try and get a better outcome if there are, you know, if you're going to go down that, down that road. Um, but then, it's, it's rough. It's, it, the I mean, other, how does the, she sleep at night? I mean, there's so much that it entails. I mean, from eating to sleeping to... She's carrying... Yeah, I mean, the pregnancy itself I mean, must have been just... I can't even imagine. It was very, very challenging. Feet. Yeah. And she still her. has to and mother she, her two children. Right, right. And be a wife. Did you guys at least have a nanny or some help? Um, not too much. Um, it, it, it was a strange time, you know, getting, getting into the media, um, someone, a cousin of mine, we were doing everything we could to try and help our kids. And one of those things was trying to get to a specialist that was out of our network. And, um, we, we were willing to do anything and, and accepted anything that people suggested. And one of those things was have a GoFundMe page, which we had mixed feelings about doing for, for different reasons. Cause there's some, there's some issues with GoFundMe pages, but we said at this point, do whatever you want. And it was very, it was strange. I think that GoFundMe page along with the media attention, um, we lost some friends during during that during all this and um it's it's still strange to us but but anyway so there there wasn't a lot we had we did have we also made some new friends which is awesome about it um and there's a lot of people that that did come through that you know we're we're so grateful for the people that that did show up and, and they were helping out but um, a lot of it was was us by ourselves, and um, you know one of the things early on with with us trying to do what we can to keep Amy pregnant is we found some evidence that her staying off of her feet um, could keep her pregnant, and um, so we tried to do that. But like you mentioned, we have the other two kids, so it was challenging um, trying to have her do that. And then she went into the hospital, um, and she was in there. Uh, she went in there in December, and she was in there for 36 days total. So it was me and the wow. girls, um, me and the older girls, and trying to visit Amy, and then just take care of those things, and then me still keeping a job so we have oh a house and, and all that stuff. That was difficult, but again, you know, with what Amy was going through, and which because one of the things that she has to do is eat a lot of calories because those babies are going to come early, you know, and you hope that it's as late as possible, but they're going to come early. And so you want them to be as big as they can be when they're born early. Because had, had our twins been, you know, according to their standards, they wanted to be a little over a pound if they were going to even attempt to save them when they were born. And so had they been a little bit bigger then who knows? But so, from the beginning, Amy's trying to eat as many calories. I, f- I forget what it was like. Trying to do like, s- I don't even know what <laughs> calorie counts are. 6,000? Is that a lot? What, wow. What's a normal day? Uh, like 1,200, 1,500? Yeah, I think they were. They 2,000? <laughs> I think the suggestion was to get her up to like 6,000, just any calories that she can have. But of course, getting the good stuff, the protein and, yeah. and vitamins and Not stuff. Not just like bowls and bowls of pasta like I would But thinking. No, but that too. It's really just is to get the calories you want to fatten the babies up, and then so then all right, I I could go on about this for like for three <laughs> hours, but multiples. So then also just plan for whatever idea you had for what life is going to be, just put that in the garbage, <laughs> and and come up with a new plan where you have no money and limited resources for anything, and like you need to make life happen with that, and. And then also make sure that your idea of what happiness is and what, what brings happiness is, you know, 
the right thing. Because if you were holding on to things about some pipe dreams that you had or whatever, <laughs> let that go. You know, if, if it's really ridiculous stuff and, and just focus on like what's really important. Your kids are alive and healthy. You're not living on the street and you have some kind of food to feed everybody every night. None of that other stuff that that people pursue. Life can be just fine with no kids also if you choose not to have kids. But, you know, enjoy life, whatever whatever it is, and, and just make sure you're focusing on the right things. Um, so if you're, if you're that's, that's my advice for the, the multiples parents, is just make sure you have your priorities in line. We hope you guys enjoyed listening to Chad, and that was part one. Stay, Stay tuned, tuned for, for part, part two. two. Coming soon. Bye. Bye.